Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, I'm super duper excited. We have another amazing guest for you. So my guest today is a certified relationship and divorce coach and founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. She leads a team of divorce coaches in supporting men and women around the world to become calm, clear, and confident as they navigate divorce. She began divorce coaching in 2010 after recognizing that the pain of her divorce led her on a transformational journey into an incredible new life. During her three and a half year divorce, she had a laser focus on healing and refining herself. She found her true voice, learned a set of suitable boundaries and surrendered what she could not control. So a very warm welcome to my perfect failure, Karen McMahon. How are you, Karen? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm super excited. We've had a, a couple of lovely conversations sort of leading up to this so lovely to have you on my perfect failure today so so karen you you've been on a journey and you're still on that journey but you've obviously you know just gleaning from reading uh, a little bit of your bio that you've come out the other end and now you're doing wonderful things to support other people so but i guess what i'm keen to capture is a little bit about you and how and what led to maybe not what led to the divorce, but the divorce happened and maybe we can navigate from that point. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's helpful to have a little context. Mm. So uh, I got married late in life. I was in my mid thirties. Uh, we had two children and about eight years into the marriage, it was just really tethering that, that soon. And, um, and then after a number of marriage counselors and other programs, we, I filed for divorce. Okay. And so I initiated the divorce. And then the divorce took another three and a half years. So there was a lot of conflict. There were two babies mm. pretty much, you know, in preschool or diapers. And, uh, and that began a very frightening uh, overwhelming, difficult journey of divorce. And, um, uh, and I was as scared as everybody else. And I saw it as a failure too. I did. I mm. like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? How could my parents divorce? I promised myself I would yeah. never divorce. How could I possibly have landed here? Yeah. And three and a half years is a long time because it's funny because when we, you know, when we think about separation, clearly can't do it in divorce, but separation invariably means, it, you know, we want to, you know, like a, as soon as we decide in that moment, we just want to end it then. But divorce, I've never been married, but clearly divorce isn't like that because 
there's a there's a contract there's you know we're bound by children by property by bills and by and by emotions so how did you attempt to navigate all that or did you or was it a step-by-step process yeah, I, it's it's divorce is very complex. Mm. Absolutely, depending on what part of the world you're in when you get divorced, yeah. um, impacts how long it takes and who you're divorcing. And so, one mm. of the things um, my attorney told me is, your divorce will move as quickly as the slowest moving person. Uh-huh. And I had an ex husband who um basically went before the judge and said i refuse to let her divorce me so he was wow. as stuck and locked in as yeah. one could be and so proceeding required now years later i realized he was locked in denial and yeah. um and instead of being compassionate and kind about that mm. because i had my own stuff going on i was frustrated and mm. angry And yet he needed to get through Mm -hmm. denial, depression, anger. He needed to work through some stuff so that he could get to a place of touching acceptance, Mm -hmm. which is this is going to happen. And so the time frame, most people do not take three and a half years. Mm, And um, it does it does make it rather excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's a consideration there as well, that mentally, emotionally, we're not always not both parties might be in the same place often both parties are not in the same place somebody has is taking the initiative and you can have everything from being unhappy and you're already involved Mm. in another relationship and you get caught or you fess up or in my case you you tried you tried and I, i truly think in so many cases one party's like this isn't working. Divorce is becoming a reality. And the other person isn't hearing it. They're thinking, Oh, it's a phase. They'll, you know, they'll get over it, whatever. And so by the time the person initiating goes, I'm ready, I'm initiating, they are miles ahead Mm. of the other person. And the reason I bring grief up so early is it's one of the things we talk a lot about is understanding that this person you're divorcing if you're way ahead of them, they're just entering that okay. emotional grieving. And so they're going to do things that can look like manipulation. Mm. And it's not necessarily okay. that at all. It could just be their path and everybody's path's different. And you okay. cannot bully somebody to move through their grief faster. Yeah. That's really interesting because again, not being married, but I imagine that you know, it's a very emotional period for everybody concerned, obviously the, the, um, the spouses. And I guess when we're emotional, we don't really think logically all the time. So when we're saying, I'm going to do this, well, I'm divorcing you now, this, that, and the other, that's quite an emotional thing to, to sort of state and do might be ultimately might be the right thing but then obviously the your partner is going to react emotionally based on that information so it's difficult to 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 have a perfect puzzle in that moment 
Absolutely. I would say it's very rare. It's not impossible, but it's very rare. And, uh, and divorce is very much like an emotional tsunami Mm. uh, because you, especially if you have children. So Mm. there's, there's your spouse, there's your in-laws, there's your social circle, there's your children, Mm. there's your finances, there's your house. Mm. Like there's no other transition that you go through that anybody goes through that has more upheaval on more, uh, levels than mm. divorce. And mm. so, uh, so the work that we do with people is two tiered. We support them through the emotional journey through divorce and okay. we support them through the logistical and practical journey through divorce. And if you don't attend to the emotional, your practical is going to be a hot mess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. I definitely want to get into that. Um, so j- just go- going back to you a little bit. So you came to the conclusion that the divorce, you know, need, you know, was over. So, so the marriage was over. So divorce was the, was the logical next step to move forward. Did you have any support yourself with this process? Cause I'm imagining divorce was, you know, like a new thing to you. Cause you've not been married before. Right. It was, it was very new. Um, so I had, family support and friend support, which I want to comment Mm. on. Uh, I did have a therapist. Mm. And for me, one of the cornerstones of my support was going into an Al-Anon meeting um, and attending out too. I had both. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom was, I guess you could say a rageaholic and codependent which is exactly what was created in my marriage. What I came from was created in my marriage, which very often happens. And so the Al-Anon, which really basically you acknowledge that you're powerless over anything but yourself and you keep the focus on yourself was probably the biggest key in me uh, growing as much as I did. And then I had a really I had a great therapist and I had a great therapist for the children. So that okay. all made a very big difference. Yeah. That's really insightful. The fact that you, I'm making an assumption here, but to me, that seems quite insightful to when you knew that you were going through this process, that you made sure that you had a therapist and your kids, where did that insight come from? Uh, I, my marriage and divorce was very high conflict um, okay. and there was anger management issues. There was a personality disorder. There was emotional and verbal abuse. Okay. I mean, it was really, really rocky. And so I knew I had been in therapy before. Mm. So I knew when I looked in, what I tell people is one day I woke up, I looked in the mirror and I saw kind of my rageaholic mom. Like okay. I saw this oh, really? person looking back at me that I was so displeased with. Mm. Like when I realized what I had quote mm. unquote become, I picked up the phone and called mm. the therapist. And then knowing that the level of conflict and confusion for my then four and six year old mm. was so overwhelming. There was so much information being given to them that should never have been yeah. given to them that I got them support right away. And, okay. and, uh, you know, you do the best you can and that seemed like yeah. the right path. Yeah. Which again, I still think is really insightful and a wonderful thing to do because a lot of us don't want to, you know, we, are, even though, you know, cause it's easy to blame the situation or other people than actually take that, be proactive and think, you know what? I know that I'm not, I don't like what I'm seeing. I know that I can do better. I know that I need help. 
so I'm going to go and get help for me, but also my, my kids, because I'm sure there's a lot of people potentially, you know, maybe listening to this and think, well, yeah, that's something that I could have done or should do, or maybe something I have done as well. So definitely think that's a, a good call on your part. I think that um, I know that when we're triggered, when we get upset, it's, it's, fairly typical for most people to blame the person or the circumstance, mm. the external that is causing the upset. Yeah. And the, all of the work that we do at journey beyond divorce is you have no control over that, mm. but you do have a part. And when you can see your part and you can take responsibility for that in a journey where that feels so out of control and divorce feels incredibly out of control, you get to control the most important thing, which is mm. yourself. And then you become empowered. And when you're empowered, you're confident, you're clear, you're calm, and you're more effective both at your day-to-day -day life and navigating the legalities mm. and practicalities of divorce. And so it becomes this vital key to attend to your emotional well-being and to keep the focus on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Something that you said then, and I've got from when I read a little bit of your bias, you, you know, I think you focus on the parts that you can control and the bits that you can't control. Obviously that that's, you know, that you've got to go around in circles. Is that part of your, your methodology and what, and what you guys um, teach at uh, journey beyond divorce? Absolutely. And we have our own 12-step divorce recovery yeah. program that we created. It is not aligned with what people know as the 12 steps, but we've, we found the 12 steps that we feel the vast majority of people um, go through or the challenges mm. that they face emotionally. And that entire program is about you. It's not mm. about, it really doesn't matter what your soon to be ex mm. is doing, how they're behaving, what they're saying, you have zero control there. Really? And so the more we focus, it's kind of like uh, being on a sailboat and you're trying to get from point A to point B and you can either grab at the sail or you mm. can grab at the wind. Mm. We all grab at the wind and it's mm. pretty ineffective. When we grab at the sail, we're focusing on ourselves and then we can navigate to where we want to be. And that's yeah. really key to the work that we do. Yeah. So, so journey beyond divorce. So the divorce, you know, you decided you, you, that divorce was the, was the only option. So ultimately that happens after th three and a half years. And yes. how far after that did journey beyond divorce appear? Oh, that's a good question. So I was divorced in 2006, halfway through okay. 2006. And fairly immediately, um, I became very uh, displeased with uh, my career. And so I was very successful. I was, mm. I, I was in sales. Um, I was selling commercial printing, commercial printing, mm. as everybody knows, is a mm. very dying industry. Yeah. And I was also that the idea that um, my main goal outside of, you know, my family and raising my kids was to advocate ink on paper seemed mm. rather 
um, insignificant given the transition and the transformation I had just gone through. Yeah. And so I'm a Christian and I would sit and I would pray every morning and I'd ask God, like, what do you have for me? Because mm. it's not ink on paper. Mm. And it took me a couple of years. I found a life coach. I kind of uh, volunteered and mentored a little bit with him and went through a lot of limiting beliefs that I could never make a living doing that and left mm. and came back. And then mm. ultimately, decided to go to um, through a program and become a certified life coach. And that okay. was the beginning of Journey Beyond Divorce. Okay. Amazing. So so the divorce that it, so it, it gave you more than the divorce. It gave you this awakening where you started questioning different parts of your life as well. Yeah. I mean, I would say that um, if when people ask me like how I would describe my divorce, it was pretty much a three and a half year living hell. It was really? absolutely one of the most excruciating, scary, overwhelming. I lost all of my business. I was broke. My kids were like, you know, chaotic. Mm. I was living in an attic. It was just the whole thing was really, really hard. And yet this greatest pain became my mm. passion and purpose. Yeah, which is incredible. Do, do you ever think about Obviously, you didn't want to go through that period. So that three and a half years, clearly, you just stated was, you know, was awful. But do you do you ever think about how resilient resilient you were through that three and a half years? Did you did you realize that you could be resilient as you were as you had to be? I was such a hot mess in the beginning. Mm. I i i couldn't even. Uh, I couldn't even control my children. I, mm. I was so lost. I was so incredibly lost. My therapist, when I went back to her, said, you are a shell of the woman I met before. And then when she had met me the first time, I was pretty lost. So I am your quintessential. I was a codependent, perfectionist, people pleaser. Uh, I... I absorbed and received and began to believe what was being told to me about me and my journey back to me um, or to a much better version of me was, um, was really difficult. And yet if someone had given me a fast forward button, it would have stolen the best gifts ever from me. Yeah. That's interesting. Isn't it? It's interesting that, you had to go through so much, I'm sure, pain and emotional turmoil, turmoil even. But it's led to something beautiful that you're doing now. You know, which is, you, yeah, I guess in the moment you never see that, right? We never see that. Um, I certainly didn't. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, when I emerged, I remember saying to my best friend, I am so happy with the person that I have mm. become that if I had to do it all over again, as hellacious as it was, yeah. I would to be where I am today. Like yeah. I was, I was crystal clear and certain of the personal benefits by the time that divorce was yeah. over. Yeah. Incredible. So, so you go through that period and you, you the, the divorce happens and then you decide that journey beyond divorce is something you would like to do you obviously you you had a life coach and you the, the printing career decided you didn't want to do that sell commercial printing so 
so the journey beyond divorce when did that sort of manifest itself in, inside your head right away really uh, life coaching is about helping people get mm. from where they are to where they want to be as soon as i decided to go into it it was a no brainer it's like okay. Life coaching is about transition. Divorce is the hardest transition. Mm -hmm. I was a child of divorce. I've just gone through divorce. I'm mm -hmm. clearly meant. I just knew with yeah. every ounce of my being, I am meant to coach people through divorce. Okay. Because okay. we all enter it scared and mm -hmm. feeling like it's the worst thing that's ever going to happen to us. And our clients with over a decade of clients and a team of coaches they go, we all go in the same, but mm. our clients come out very different. Yeah. C can I just ask you around that? So when you, when you're working with a client, are you working with both parties or you're working with one of the spouses and, and do you ever, so I'm, I'm throwing lots of questions at you. And do you ever have scenarios whereby a couple, if a couple does come into it, it might transpire that they can work things out. Those are great questions. And so I'll take take them one at a time. First of all, the name of the company is Journey Beyond Divorce. Mm. So most people who come to us are, are coming because either they or their spouse mm. have decided that they want a divorce. Now, having said that, I've had clients come and say, um, I don't want a divorce, but my spouse does. Yeah, And I will always encourage them to start with staying. Mm. If you want to stay, then let's look at what's going on. Let's look at your part in it and don't worry about what he or she is doing. Let's just focus on, on, on adjusting how you're behaving mm. um, and whether you end or mend your relationship, mm. you'll be better off for it. Yeah. Um, and so I've had some amazing success where they end up mending. Yeah. Um, and then if it doesn't work out, they've already, they're doing the work. So they're, they're already ahead of the game when the divorce begins. Okay. I do have um, couples who have come to me mm. uh, to, to mend and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's awesome. It's, mm. it's the smaller portion of what I do, but those are opportunities to uh, to have a couple take a step back, mm -hmm. notice where they're uh, judging each other, um, mm -hmm. and perhaps where they could be more compassionate. Notice where their communication is broken down. Notice where um, they might have just lost their way, and mm -hmm. they're not aligned with the values they started with, and how to make their way back to each other. And that's, of course beautiful. And the thing that's different about that is, you know, counseling and coaching are different in that coaching. You always have an action plan that you're working between sessions and it's a more mm. proactive, interactive uh, support modality. And so a number of the couples I've worked with have said how, uh, how they found the coaching really effective because mm. of the work that they had to do together. Yeah. Or maybe separately, but often mm. together between the sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. And just around that, you know, we, we, you and I spoke beforehand about that feeling of, of feeling powerless because of if you either, I, I guess it, it could be for a number of reasons why couples might, or, you know, one of the spouses might feel powerless when they, 
come to 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 see you or one of your coaches are you is that something that you address with them to give them some sense of control and clarity well it it naturally comes up so you could have someone who is feeling powerless because their spouse isn't behaving the way they want them to. Um, a big issue that we work with clients on is acceptance. And so you could have someone who's married to their husband or wife for a couple of decades, and they feel really powerless because of this other person's behavior, but mm. the person's had that behavior for a couple of decades. And yeah. so, so then we help them to see how they're, their resistance to how their spouse shows up is where the powerlessness is coming from. Uh, and once they step into acceptance of it, instead of resisting it, then they have options. And mm -hmm. so that's like a huge piece that we work with people on is when you're in resistance of, of what's happening in your relationship, of, of how a person in your life is showing up, you don't see any options or choices because you're not acknowledging what is as soon as you accept what is then then you can say okay now that this is and we could take like the extreme of uh, an individual who's in an, a physically abusive relationship if you're going to say that he or she only does that because you made a mistake or you triggered them and mm. so so you're you're not acknowledging that you're in this abusive relationship mm. once you acknowledge it then it's like okay it is abusive what can i do about okay. it now you have mm. choices and options and so that's a big thing that we work yeah. with people on is you're powerless because you're focusing on the other person and you're focusing on what you keep wanting the other person to be versus what who they are and how they are okay. behaving okay that's powerful that's powerful stuff and because i guess when you're in a relationship you're in this cocoon so you don't you're not having someone like you guys they're able to ask you objective questions that you can almost reframe but just give you those points of clarity it was like well yeah that is right. Why didn't I see that? And right. when you're on your own, particularly when you're own, if you're in an abusive relationship where somebody is using, you know, their, you know, words and emotion to, to almost abuse you, then mm -hmm. they're going to, and particularly when they know that it works, that's their form of, I guess, control. And you could feel very controlled. And, and because I work with a lot of high conflict individuals mm. in high conflict marriages, a lot of times their belief system isn't theirs, it's their spouse's. Yeah. And so I'll they'll say something, um, this, that, and the other mm. thing. And 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 I'll encourage them, okay, so that sounds like what your wife says to you, okay, so let's have her leave the room. And now I'm going to ask you the question again. Mm. And I want you to answer it based yeah. on what you believe that what you know to be true about yourself and a very different answer comes up. Mm. And so part of it is when you're in your own head, it can be a, a bit of a nightmare, but when someone shines a light and pokes around mm. and asks a few questions about is is that thinking true? Is that fear real? Is that belief serving you? Uh, that's where, you know, things can change on a dime mm. and it's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. So I wanted to ask you, you mentioned it briefly and this is definitely something I wanted to ask anyway, 
was around, you know, you've developed a 12 point um, plan or, or, or process. I was keen to learn about that. And does that take into account that, I guess when some, I guess I'm making an assumption here, but I'm imagining that when some of your clients come to see you, there's a lot of work for you to do because, you know, they might, you know, they might be in a difficult place emotionally and physically. So in order for you guys, to, I'm again, I'm, I'm guessing for you guys to be impactful and to support these people, you're having to go in quite deep to unpick quite a lot. Yes, we tend to we tend to go deep fast mm. and the 12 step divorce recovery program is all about the emotional and I can just mention a couple of steps. So mm. all of the steps are uh what most clients tend to go through. So step 1 is curbing the conflict. So mm. that's that's the name of it. And in step 1 we teach people how to create some space between what happens and their reaction. And to your point earlier, something happens, you have this huge anger body, Mm. this, this emotional fog that takes over your brain and you're not thinking clear. And so what comes out of your mouth is typically not what you Mm. want to come out of your mouth and not moving you toward what you want, but rather maybe tossing an emotional grenade across the room. And so step one is key for everybody curbing the conflict. Um, uh, step two is about healing through feeling. And that's really key, like to, to honor, to not numb or mm. suppress or um, ignore the emotions. It's important mm. that we process those so that we can mm. release them. Step four is about being solution oriented because mm. most people going through divorce get super glued to the problem. So it's so yeah. you, you just ruminate and obsess over the problem. Mm. Well, once you're clear on what the problem is, there's no more reason to talk about it or think about it. Everything now yes. can shift to the solution. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? So step four talks about how to do that. Uh, step um, step six is about um, escaping the battle, which is caused by judgment. And so mm-hmm. we talk a, an entire program about how you judge, when you judge, what judging does, and how do you replace judgment with something more effective? Mm. Um, And so the steps go on about acceptance. Uh, Step seven is all about your story, which is huge. Mm. Like we all have a story in our head. And usually the story is I'm a victim, you're a villain, Mm. and I'm screwed. And so that's not a very effective story to have. And so step seven teaches you how to start stepping back and looking at the story you're telling your friends and your Mm. colleagues and, and how true is that and what's, what's really under that what's more true and what would be a more effective way to think about that thing that's triggering you so that your, um, so that your approach in dealing with it Mm. is more productive. Wow. Wow, you you guys cover so much. How just out of interest, uh, just being nosy, how did you come up with the twelve points for the recovery plan? Because it sounds incredibly robust, and I, and I like the sort of the inner work that you're doing. Where you, I can see where you're empowering people because you're getting them to think with clarity and around thing and, and around the controllables, not the things that basically are beyond their control. Right. It's all about them. So the key mm. is it's all, it's all about you. 
This is yeah. a situation where it's all about you. And uh, me and my business partner, Lisa Brick, sat down a couple of years into the business. And uh, we started off just chatting about, you know, what are the things you run into with your clients mm. all the time? And, and we started putting a list together. And then because I had gone through a 12-step program, um, I thought, how cool would that be mm. to create a 12-step divorce mm. recovery program? Yeah. And, and so when we went, you know, we probably started out with like tw- a list of 20, mm. but when we boiled it down and got clearer and clearer and clearer, we, um, we came up with the top 12 and they grow, they build on each other. Okay. So in, in 12-step programs, step 10, 11, and 12 are what you then live your life by. Mm. And so we tried to do something similar and we tried to make sure that uh, curb the conflict is first mm. because it's the most important thing. Yeah. And step nine is about acceptance. Not mm. so easy to get to acceptance. You have to do some other work before mm. you get there. Um, yeah. That sounds amazing. What What is it like when you see your clients go from a journey from the start to the end, that must be incredible. The, the before and after. It, it's amazing. It's, it's why I do the work I do. Uh, and I had a, a fellow once that I've been working with him for about a year and he was in a relationship that um, was high conflict and uh, he was, a, you know, a, a high earner and he, really his self-esteem was was really um, harmed by the way his wife saw him and belittled him and criticized him and and entering divorce and there was infidelity in this situation he was decimated he mm. just thought this is horrible and horrendous it's the worst thing that could ever happen to me but he picked up the phone and he made the call because mm. he wanted to get four children do it right mm. and uh, a couple of months ago, he said, I just never, ever thought these words would mm. come out of my mouth. And this was such a gift for me. And I have found myself and I'm a better version of myself and I'm a better dad. And I see all the ways that I was mm. lost in this relationship. And uh, I, I am so grateful um, for Powerful. the journey and for where I am. Yeah. And that is what we get from the vast majority of our clients. Yeah. And that, that just, and that's w- why I do what yeah. I do. Totally. And just that one example, totally, you know, must blow your mind and think, yeah, this is totally a service that people need. Yeah. And I, I, I guess yeah. you wish you had it when, but when you started your three and a half year cycle. And, and it's really part of it was me piecing together the pieces that worked Mm. from the support I did have. And, Mm. and that's the reason I do a podcast too. There's Mm. so much information, even on on both the emotional and practical. And so where do you go Mm. when you enter this foreign land with a foreign language and, and how do you start and you're, Mm. you're entering it chaotic and scared and overwhelmed and, and so our desire is to be a beacon through mm. the darkness and to, when you don't have hope, we hold it for you because we know. Mm. And then at some point, every client's like, I got it. Yeah. I got my own hope now. Let's keep going. And um, it's, it's, uh, 
everything, uh, there's a, a life coach, Byron Katie, and she says, things don't happen to us. They happen yeah. for us. No, I love that. Always I- at the exact right time. We don't have to like it. It's just easier if we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I concur with that because we don't always look at it that way, do we? We, you know, because we're not trained, so you no, know, we're we not don't. People like you who don't look at that way. What, what are something that we spoke about very briefly before we hit the record button was around. I was listening to Ryan Holiday's podcast, Daily Stoic, and he had a guest on, and they talked about the courage to quit. So, and I, I wanted to just ask you around that in relation to divorce, because potentially there are people that are in relationships that you know haven't been great for years, but it's difficult to find that courage. Yes. And it is as the person who decided to leave, um, we do an episode on should I stay or should I go? Right, I think okay. that it is the most difficult, most excruciating decision, especially mm. when children are involved yeah. because you're now you're making this decision that feels so selfish mm. and you're breaking the family and you're destroying the children. And these are all beliefs that aren't true, mm. uh, but it takes such courage to know that staying is unhealthy mm. and leaving and having, you know, a hopefully a good relationship with my co-parent, but being a healthier person myself for my children uh, is better. Mm. And, um, and so I know that for me, it took a couple of years. So my divorce was three and a half years, but it was a couple of years before that coming to the decision to actually file. uh, It's a, it's, it's one of the biggest ones I think we make. Yeah. And I've I've written down the pandemic because I guess marriages have been strained, not just marriages, I guess relationships, particularly with uh, spouses or during this period. What what have you seen during this period? Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's so multidimensional. And so you have um, parents working at home. Mm. So let's take the relationship that's stressed Mm. pre-COVID. Now you're working at home, your spouse is working at home, your kids are e-learning at home. There's Mm. no space. Um, Perhaps somebody lost a job. Mm. Perhaps someone's family member got sick. Mm. You add stressor upon stressor upon stressor. Mm. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's really um, Mm. catapulted forward. Um, decisions that yeah. might have been made a couple of years later, but yeah. there's been a lot of distress and and being under the same roof and having all of that pressure is going to challenge every relationship to mm. do their best. And that's mm. where you find out, can I, can he, can she, um, and is this best good enough or are we just like falling apart? Mm. And we've, we've just seen a lot of people reaching out in a lot of pain, mm um to to address what's going mm. on yeah yeah I, I i could imagine and just in in relation to to people that are listening that maybe are thinking you know i'm in a difficult moment what, what are the steps to do what are the i guess the initial steps to take because 
uh, people could probably glean from your accent that you're based in the States. Do you work with people just in the States or do you guys work with people, say, in the UK as an example? Yeah, we we cover um, the English speaking world. Okay, uh, and we have yeah. So we I've got a couple of clients in the UK right now. So we've mm. worked with people across the across mm. the globe, and the first call is on the house. Okay. So if somebody hears this and says this sounds maybe like a possible support for me, uh, rapidreliefcall.com. You mm. go, you book a call, you'll be on the phone for a full hour with one of our coaches. Mm. You'll get a full coaching session. You'll see exactly what it feels like. You'll walk away with an action plan. Mm. You'll walk away with a lot of value. And then you can determine whether or not it's best for you. That's our gift okay. to the world, whether or not someone hires us. Okay. Fabulous. So, so what I can potentially do is put those details in the show notes so people could, so it's easy for people to to find you don't have to maybe search it's just there for for them and 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 just in 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 relation in relation to that you know you you guys obviously people can contact you on people can contact you uh, on online if they want to connect with you but you mentioned your podcast i was wondering whether your podcast is another vehicle where people can obviously listen more from you and maybe get some insights into the work you do and into divorce itself yes uh the podcast is journey beyond divorce and because my mind works a certain way uh, i do series and so i have a high conflict divorce series i have a voices of celebration series that's clients who've gone through divorce talking mm. about their greatest fears and what happened on mm. the other end we have um, a high net worth uh, divorce playbook wow. for those who are in the really high net area we so we'll continue to do all those different kinds of series so people can find us on any platform and then uh, they can tune into a particular series that they like, or just a lot of people mm. who reach out to us tell us they've been binge listening for weeks, months, or even yeah. years when really. they finally reach out. Really? Yeah. That's interesting as well, that you break it down into different, you know, you, you can be high net worth or you can be in a different category. So you're, yes. you're, you're that, you're that sort of bespoke in terms of, the types of difficulties that different people can go through based on what their situation is. That's interesting. And then we just relaunched our navigating divorce. It's like a roadmap series. It tells oh, really? you how to consider what kind of an attorney to hire, um, what to wow. look at in your finances, how to do your best for your children. Um, and, and right now I'm in the middle of a life after divorce series. So what does that mean? How do you heal? Mm. Um, uh, how do you take care of finances? How do you uh, begin to date again? Mm. How do you co-parent? So we really do try to make sure that every episode is sharing new and deeply valuable information. It's an hour of chuck full giving of valuable information. Wow. It's almost, it basically, it sounds like an, an, an encyclopedia into this space. So that's my desire. That yeah. is my desire. Okay. And there's so much more to do. So there's there's so many more um, 
series coming up because it's just, as you said, they're like people going through the military. Mm. That's a whole world unto yeah. itself. People who have um, handicapped children, children with mm. um, challenges and mm. what have you, whether they're mental or physical, that's a whole world mm. unto itself. And so we're trying to, and it's not me, right? So I bring in all of these mm. experts and trying to make yeah. sure that we're giving value to everyone where they're at. Okay. Okay. Fabulous. Okay. So we're getting towards the end now. So I wanted to ask, where can the listeners and people watching find you? What's the easiest way for people to get in contact with you? Well, journeybeyonddivorce.com is our website and our rapid relief call um, Mm. is both listed there or at Mm. rapidreliefcall.com. And that would be the two best places as well as the uh, podcast. Okay. And rapid relief, is that for people that need support like now? They're in a situation where I just need to speak to somebody. Is that what that relates to? Well, you know, if if people are listening to us and uh, and they need support, our feeling is we know they need rapid relief, and that's okay. what we offer. And so that's what we called it's it's a free coaching call, and that's okay. our name for it. Okay, okay, that sounds yeah. great. That sounds great. And I always have a question at the end of each episode where I ask each guest if they could invite an inspirational person for dinner or three inspirational people for dinner. Who would they invite? Okay. So you have to limit it to three. So I would say the first person I would invite would be Jesus Christ. Okay. I think that'd be pretty darn cool. Um, uh, The other person that comes to mind for me is Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Because of what she came from, because of all she accomplished, because I think she's a pretty amazing human being. And then one of my authors as of late, and I think I had mentioned this to you offline, um, is Michael Singer. And he's, I think, in his 70s. And he wrote The Untethered Soul and The Surrender Experiment. And those are two books that just blew my socks off. And uh, I would love to spend some time with him. And he's all about mindfulness and uh, learning how to not allow your mind chatter to control your life. And I think that's something we could, yeah, we could all use a whole bunch of that. That'd be amazing. What would be amazing is to have you both on this podcast or maybe Oprah as well together, all three, three of you. That, that would be amazing. That would be That'd amazing. be amazing. Karen, thank you so much. It's been a real blessing to have you on the podcast today. You know, I was, I was super excited from our conversation last week. So I know that we'll do more podcasts together on different things and maybe this subject, but maybe on specific areas. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Uh, it's, it was a true pleasure. So thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of My Perfect Failure. You can find me at www.myperfectfailure.com and please look out for future episodes. Take care for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.